The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome and happy 2016 to all of my listeners. So glad that you're joining us here for another great year on The Career Confidant. We are excited to bring you more tips and resources and tools that you can use to take control of your own career. And in the past few weeks, we've been talking a little bit about 2016 and planning and trends, things that you might want to do in your career this year. And so we'll continue that a little bit. And today, wanted to talk specifically about one of the most basic tools that you'll need as you work or work on your career or job search or really interact in any way possible. And that's this idea of an elevator speech, elevator pitch, whatever you've heard it called, where it's the expectation that when someone asks you what you do in 30 seconds or less as you ride up said elevator, that you could tell them what you do in a short amount of time. So we're going to be talking about that today, some of the the pitfalls and some of the reasons why this elevator pitch has gone out of style a little bit. We'll also be talking about the essence behind it and some of the good things that can come out of thinking through that idea. And then we'll talk some about how you use it, how you make it work, how you really put the essence of the idea into practice to improve your networking, if you want to call it that, but really just your communication, small talk, ability to interact with others in those social situations or perhaps even professional networking types of situations where you want to put your best foot forward, make a good impression, be memorable, all of those things that we're hoping for when we put ourselves into those types of situations. So when we think about the elevator pitch, as I said, the idea behind it really was, can you clearly talk about what you do or perhaps what you want to do in a short amount of time the example of riding up the elevator with someone who might ask you, what do you do? Now, in some ways, this is a very American phenomenon, although from I've heard from my European friends, it seems to be catching on in other places of the world, maybe not 
the best thing, but happening, where that tends to be the first question that people ask you. What do you do? And it may be kind of shallow and you could debate the purposes, but it's also just a very safe question, or at least we think it's going to be a safe question until we ask a stay-at-home mom or someone who just got fired and, and go through the awkward situation of them not quite knowing what to say. If you're in those situations, knowing what to say can help make the conversation more comfortable for everyone. Again, helping you build your communication, build that relationship, give you an opportunity to really connect with that person. So the idea here that kind of gets off track and why the elevator pitch is falling out of style, if you will, is that what it became in practice was people spewing, if you will, off facts or figures or titles or facts, details about themselves in a kind of one-sided conversation. That elevator pitch really became you just going off about what you do and, and perhaps not even thinking about what the other person is getting out of that or how much time you were taking, right? These, these kind of got out of control. And when I really started to see that they weren't working is when I would go to some job search groups, especially in 2010, 2011, and people are practicing their job, their 30-second pitches, if you will, in just a fashion that was not helpful, right? Again, this memorization, repeat, something that sounds like a tape recorder, and really has no connection to the other person. It defeats the purpose, right? The purpose of networking, the purpose of building relationships is just that, building relationships. And this idea of that we'd be put in an elevator with someone and have 30 seconds to say what we do, that's not networking. That's being able to answer a simple question, which is still important and could still open doors, but it's not making a connection. And so we need to know when that is an appropriate response. When are we really in an elevator with someone? And that's the way that we want to communicate. When do we want to take the opportunity? And how do we take that opportunity to open the door a little bit differently? Even if we are standing in the grocery store line or riding up the elevator with someone, is giving them our pitch the best way to open that door, the best way to kick off a connection? Sometimes it might be, sometimes it might not be. Again, being able to answer the question, what do you do, is still important and does still need to have some sort of a pitch element to it. But we need to know when it's appropriate and when it's not and how we might start things off, especially differently. So we're going to give you a few options around that today, different ways that you might start 
and or direct a conversation if you're really wanting to make a connection with someone versus just tell them what you do and great they know that and you can move on and do something different perhaps so answering these commonly asked questions is important people are going to ask what do you do and you need to come up with some answer to that question in the best case scenario it would be positive and future focused which we've talked about before so having that down on paper is important and there may be different ways that you want to address that people will say to talk about what you're best at to talk about your strengths to talk about the problems that you solve to share maybe one idea one little story of something that you've done that illustrates that fact you may do a kind of fill in the blank when when are you at your best what's the biggest problem you've ever solved for an employer the elevator pitches if you will or the answers to what do you do that seem most effective avoid listing titles technologies that don't connect so if i ask you what you do and you tell me that you're a data scientist processing data for a multi-billion dollar company there's not much that i can connect with there i could ask what company but that's not necessarily connecting me to you it's connecting me to them so the ideas around the what problems do you solve those can be more effective because they can be shared in language that anyone could connect with so you might say why well, analyze data that helps a company decide if they're going to pay for advertising certain marketing channels maybe still a little bit formulaic and we could do it even better but at least i could say oh that's cool what types of you know how what kind of marketing does your company do or oh how do you process all that data it at least gives me something that tells me kind of what you do or a little bit how you do it that i might be able to connect with and of course my favorite ones always come from programmers or technologists in some ways who end up talking about you know why engineer parts that are and they get into all the technical parts of it well if we talked about it in a way that connected more with people and a lot of people i work with are from like Hewlett Packard for instance why well, build the internal parts to the printers that you probably use in your office wow i can connect with that but if you put in too much technical jargon i have a hard time sorting out how it relates to me or how i can connect with it in an intelligible way which i want to do right i want to have a conversation with you if we're going to connect and we're going to see if we can 
help each other in some way. And so as you're doing your practice, even to answer that kind of canned question of what do you do, we want to think about how we make it accessible to as many people as possible. Not just those people who are going to know the technology or who are already in that space. How can you build relationships with anyone and allow anyone to connect with what it is that you do? So that answer to that question is an important thing for us to practice and to think about. Now, beyond making it something that connects with the person that we're going to be talking with, it's also important that we think about social norms, if you will. And especially if we're talking about meeting someone at the grocery store or at a professional networking event, or even at most social events, there are some social norms that say that those types of events are not the place for your baggage, right? We're not going to get your suitcase out and start unpacking it in the middle of this cocktail party. So when someone asks you, what do you do? They're not looking for the tirade about how you just got fired and you're unemployed and you can't believe your company is such a da-da-da-da. They're not looking for that. It may be true, and it may be something that you share with those people who are in your support group, your internal circle, but that event is not the place for those things. That, that networking opportunity is going to be ruined in some way if we're not prepared to answer it in a way that is, again, positive and future-focused. So how are we going to speak to, to what we do, even if we've just been laid off? Well, we can still talk about our career, even if I may not be employed at the moment making printers or printer cartridges. I can still talk about the problems that I solve, the people that I work with, and maybe even the types of technologies I'm interested in working with. If I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm thinking about going back to the workforce, same thing. Well, I'm excited. I'm just taking steps to, to be doing X, Y, or Z. Now, that's not to say that staying at home with your kids isn't a good thing. However, it's not where you want to go. And we want to build connections and help people remember us for where we want to be, where we're headed, so that they might be able to help make us connections or whatever it is that we might need help with, rather than focusing on, on the past or even the present and getting too stuck in a conversation about those things and never getting to where we might want to go. So the answer to the question, what do you do? An important thing to be able to answer. However, I would argue that that's not necessarily your elevator pitch. It's just the answer to a question, should somebody ask it. And that there are many other things we want to think about when we're going into our networking or social events or whatever you want to call it. And so when we come back from our break, we'll be talking about that. How do you build that foundation beyond the answer of what do you do? so that you're really ready to connect with people who open that door 
or to open the door yourself if there's people that you want to connect with at wherever you are, your, your next networking event or your kid's soccer game. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about elevator pitches and a better way to do them and really putting that elevator pitch in its place, realizing that, yes, it's important to be able to answer the question, what do you do, and that that can offer an opportunity to open a door for further connection, and that how we answer it, when we answer it, and a lot of other factors can play into whether that connection gets started or not. So we've talked a little bit about preparing to answer that question. And that is important to think through what we're going to say so that we don't end up saying something we don't want to say, pointing the conversation in a direction we don't want it to go, or probably the worst thing, rambling, talking too much, being that person who never shuts up about themselves, which is 
at its very core going to be the worst thing you can do to form a connection, right? Being one-sided. So being able to answer that question quickly is important and being able to do it in a way that connects with others is important. So I was giving some examples about technology before the break and we'll just kind of go through a few more. So a lot of times people ask me what I do. Now I could give you a bunch of titles, right? I could say, well, I'm a counselor, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer. Does that tell you anything? Not really. Does it give you a few things to connect with and ask questions about? Maybe. But it also could bring up some thoughts, right? Say, wow, she's really stuck on herself. Look at all these titles she's given herself. Or, oh, counselor, that may be the thing you hear. You don't hear anything else. And, oh, touchy-feely, you know, I don't want to be counseled. I'm going to get away from her as fast as I can. So if I answered that in a way that might connect more with people, I could say, well, yeah, I really love to help people figure out what they want to do for the rest of their life, what they want to do when they grow up, and then learn the skills to promote themselves so that they can get there. It's something that could have a little bit of humor, if humor's in your repertoire, but mostly something that's in plain language, plain English, that anyone else could connect with. One of the examples that my colleague Laura Lobovich has you know, instead of saying that you're in marketing or you're a marketing consultant, I help people sell their products and services, right? Very basic, plain definition of marketing. I help people sell their products and services. And then Laura recommends that you put in some kind of a testimonial, if you will. Last week, I wrote a news release on a new estate planning service for the law firm that got them front page story in the business journal. That can be good, it can work, especially if it's something that people can connect with. You have to be careful with your personality and the personality of people that you're gonna be interacting with. Will it come off well? Will it come off bragging? If you're uncomfortable saying it, that might make it come off more like bragging. If it's kind of a matter of fact fact to you, then it, it may come off as a great story. Key there is to not overdo it. And again, not to spend too much time on yourself, not to spend too much time telling that, that story, that testimonial, whatever it is that you might want to include. Sam Horn is one of the my favorite people in the, the kind of PR world. And Sam, S-A-M Horn, she talks about asking a question. So when people ask, what do you do? Instead of answering, you might ask them, do you ever buy things online? Like at Amazon, Travelocity, or eBay? Oh, sure, of course. Well, I designed the software that makes it safe for people to buy those things. So instead of saying, well, I a cybersecurity specialist and I design programs for companies to protect security, this is a much more engaging way to say that. So if you can think of a question that would lead people to engage with you and then you can share what you do, that can be a great way, right? So do you ever buy things on eBay? Yes. 
I designed the software that makes it safe for you to do that. But it's really thinking about how to get it down to the essence, boil it down, get it down to a level where people can really connect with it. Because again, that's this that's the whole purpose. And what do you do is a very safe question for people to ask. That's why they ask it. They're nervous. They don't know what to ask. And so they think that's a safe question. Don't prove them wrong. If you really want a connection, don't prove them wrong, right? Don't go out of the social norms and say something that makes it awkward or, again, even go off on the negative. They're kind of throwing out a, a olive branch, if you will. They're trying to get something started, which in for most of us, even extroverts, is a, a scary thing, right? To open that door and and try to get a conversation started with someone. So we want to honor that. We want to honor that person's boldness in coming up to us, introducing themselves, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, and asking us what, what we do. Realizing that that's what they've been taught to ask, that's what society says you should ask. And so we're going to be nice, we're going to ask answer that question we're going to engage them in a conversation and make it make it easy on them now that they've done the, the hard work of coming up to us and starting that conversation. So in addition to preparing what we want to say and answer that question that always comes up, we might think of other questions people might ask or if you have trouble answering a question that someone asks at a networking event, that might be something that you prepare for again in the future. You know, sometimes people will ask, what do you do for fun? Or some of those things that may catch you off guard because you're not expecting it at a networking event. That's okay. Um, you can laugh and say, oh, geez, I don't even think about fun sometimes when I'm coming to these events. And then be ready next time to, to answer that question and, and again, help keep the conversation going. Not everyone's good at small talk and that ability to answer those questions is going to help you build those connections. Other part of it, of course, is what questions are you going to ask? Are you going to ask people what do they do? How are you going to kick off a conversation with someone? Do you ask them how long they've lived in that community? Is this their first time at a chamber event? What questions are you going to ask to help break the ice? And of course, you'll hear good ones as you talk to other people. And as you go to these events, those might be other things you note. Great questions to ask to get conversations going. Now, for those of us who are introverted, this is a little bit more challenging. But sometimes extroverts can be on the other side of the spectrum, maybe even asking questions that aren't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily say appropriate, but aren't easy for everyone to answer. Family, you know, people will ask questions like, how many kids do you have? And it may not be, you may not be at that point yet, right? <laughs> Relationship has not evolved to where everyone is comfortable talking about that. And so when you're thinking about 
networking and what questions you want to ask, those are all things to consider. What questions can you ask that will get conversation going? Not be overly intrusive, especially for those of us who may be introverted. And how are you going to keep that conversation going? Introverts, of course, will have to spend more time thinking about that before they go. And I would recommend that you do. Be prepared with questions to ask. Otherwise, what happens, even as an introvert, is that you talk too much about yourself. It's something that you've maybe practiced, right? You've practiced and practiced and practiced your elevator speech. And so you get going and you don't shut up. Practice those questions. Know what they are when you're going to go. That's connection. That's relationship. That two-way street. That conversation. And pay attention to those social cues. And honestly, usually when people get themselves in trouble is when they've been drinking. And when most people I know drink, they end up getting more talkative. And so they end up talking a lot, and the person sitting there listening is trying to figure out how to get away from the conversation, and that's not a place where we want to be when we're networking. So if you're going to have a beer, that's great, but make sure you're watching your ability to pay attention to those social cues, ask questions. When you start to see that other person's eye glaze over, How can you flip the conversation back to them and get more two-way conversation going? And interestingly enough, that's one of the kind of keys to charisma. You'll see a lot of articles written about charisma and being likable, right? And it's not rocket science. Asking about the other person, making that other person feel like they're being listened to, like you really care about them, their life, what they're doing, is instant charisma because so few people do it. We listen with the focus on what we're going to say next instead of really listening. And if you've planned out a bit of what you're going to say and some questions that you can ask, that takes the pressure off of thinking about that there in the moment and you can actually focus on the person who's talking. Don't look around the room. Don't see who else is there. Focus on that person who is talking. Ask great questions and pay attention to when you need to shift the conversation back to them, even if they tend to be asking you great questions, which is tricky. If they're asking you great questions, making sure that you're asking some of those great questions back to get that conversation going and to give them their opportunities to share with you. So we are going to take another short break here and come back to talking about specific situations and being ready to succeed in specific networking situations. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 
know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we are talking about elevator pitches and kind of how to pitch them out the window, right? And thinking about being prepared to answer the commonly asked questions, especially what do you do in that positive and future-focused way, and being prepared to answer that so that it's nice, short, and sweet, connects with the listener, invites some kind of conversation, or at least is in language that they can understand, and maybe even connects in some way to something they value in their life or that they they know about. And then being ready to shift and ask good questions so that the person that we're talking to gets the same opportunity to share about themselves. And that's really the heart of the matter here is building that two-way communication, focusing on the other person. All of those things allow us to be magnetic. People feel listened to when they feel like, wow, that, that person was really fun to talk to. It's usually not because you were super funny or had some great story. Sometimes it is. But most of the time, it's because you ask great questions and you listen. Yeah, sure, you love to talk to that person who tells jokes and tells good stories. But after a while, you start to drift away. 
because that's all they do, right? They talk, talk, talk about themselves or tell their stories to make themselves sound funny or whatever it might be. And at the end of the day, you're not really connecting to them because they're not inviting to a conversation. And so sure, you might remember that they're funny, you might remember the jokes they tell, you might seek them out again at the next event to break that ice. But eventually, you go looking for someone that you can have a real conversation with. And if you want to stand out in an event, you'll want to be that person that people know they can have a real conversation with or who makes it easy to break the ice because they do some of those simple things like answering questions in a specific way and asking good questions that keep this the conversation going. So how do you make that happen at every event you go to? For most of us, it takes a little bit of planning to think about what do you want to get out of that event? Why are you going? And what do other people want to get out of that event? Why are they going? With thinking through those two things, you can decide how, if at all, you want to adjust your answers to questions. So when people ask you, what do you do? If you're going to a chamber networking event, the answer to that might be different than if you're going to a job search club. So thinking through that event, who's going to be there? What might they offer for you? What do you want to get out of it? And being clear and realistic with that goal. So if you're a small business owner and you think you're going to go to the chamber and get clients, maybe, maybe not. Who's really going to be there? Are those people really your clients? And does that really happen in a 15-minute conversation at a networking event? Not really. What you might hope to do is make a few connections with people that you want to connect with again. People who might end up to be good referral connections. People who might be prospective clients. But this is just the first step. It's not even really a first date. It's a busy cocktail party or networking event or professional conference where people are overwhelmed, most people. And so it's the opportunity to connect with them, to learn a little bit about them. But really, it's just the start. It's the opening of the door a little bit. But then you're going to have to do the work afterwards to really build the connection. So you might set the goal that you're going to go to this event and you're going to, maybe what you want to get out of it is two great connections of people you can follow up with who are either referral partners and or potential clients. It may be that you want to practice asking great questions to keep conversation going. It's a perfectly acceptable goal for a networking event. You're going to try on that hat. It may be that you want to practice what you're going to say about yourself. I'd be a little bit careful with that one, right? That's that's not really the goal here. Asking great questions and working on your conversation skills may be a better one. And then what can you give? 
So really thinking through why other people might be there. Other people might be there to get clients. So are there resources, tools, referrals that you're willing to provide to people that you meet there? Again, it doesn't necessarily have to happen at that event. You could say, oh, I've got some great resources and some other possible connections for you. Let's connect afterwards. It gives you a little bit more opportunity to learn about them before you provide those things. Make sure they'll be a good fit. But it's something that you can offer. Maybe you have other resources. There's going to be business people there. You can offer things around marketing or resources they should look into, websites you can send, send them later, whatever that might be. But to think before you go, not just about why you're going and what you want to get out of it, but why are other people going? What are they looking for? And how can you be prepared in some way to offer value to them? So if you're going to a professional conference, for instance, other people are going to be looking for connections. They might be looking for job opportunities. They might be looking for professional development opportunities. They might be looking for contract work. Are there resources that you can provide to help them? May even just be an industry-specific job board or, hey, there's this great LinkedIn group that you can join thinking through that ahead of time so that you can offer value and be that person that can be a resource for others at the event. And of course, have your own plan for what you want to get out of it so that you can ask great questions that'll really help you in moving the conversation to the place you want it to move if you know why you're going, what you're looking for out of the event which seems pretty simple, but when you do it every time and it becomes a, a part of what you do, it, it really helps and you'll be surprised at the difference that it makes. And it also can help you decide if that event's worth your time. And you go to the chamber events and you find, you know, I'm just really not getting what I'm looking for out of these events. Well, then maybe it's not an event you need to go to. But if you're not sure why you're going, you're probably going to have a hard time evaluating its effectiveness or success. So we've thought ahead about general foundation. What we want to say to that, what do you do or tell me about yourself kind of question the questions we want to ask when we go somewhere might have general questions that we've heard that are great at starting at conversations and might have specific questions we want to ask at certain events. You know, at a conference, you might ask people, well, what websites are you paying attention to to keep up on the latest trends? What journals are you reading? Right? You can ask some really great, insightful questions at those events when you've really thought ahead about what you want to ask, what you want to get out of it. How is it going to add value for you? And what you'll find most of the time is that those questions also add value for other people 
again, providing more opportunities for you to connect, to build relationships, and to make a good impression in front of those folks that you're wanting to do that with. Then we want to know what should we do when we're there? How do we make this experience as good as it can be for us and the other people that we're connecting with? And this is important, right, to realize that introvert, extrovert, doesn't matter. Most people are somewhat nervous going to a networking event. Sure, they might even love to meet new people, but that doesn't mean that there's still not an element of anxiety and, you know, how am I going to connect with people? What am I going to say? Whatever it might be. That follows all of us to that event. And that the biggest thing we can do as individuals is to really focus on making that experience more comfortable for the other people around us. Sounds strange, but what happens when we focus on that is also that it makes it more comfortable for us. In some ways, because it takes the focus off of us. And instead of being focused on what we're going to say, what we're going to do, what are people thinking of me, we're focused on how can we make this an easy experience for the other person. As I said in the beginning, realizing that they're putting in the energy and, and kind of throwing out that life raft when they ask us a question and, and being as respectful and in some ways kind of going along with social norms as we answer that question helps, right? When they ask, how are you doing? They're expecting, oh, great, how are you? Not, oh, you know, life sucks and work sucks. Well, then they don't know what to do, right? We've put the conversation in a very awkward position, even if that may be the truth, let's say. And that may be a second date conversation, not a first date conversation. So as we close up here today, we're going to be back right after this break. And we're going to talk about what you do when you get there to make this experience great for you and the other people around you. What do you do to shine at these networking events? We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. 
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Biz Locker Radio is a high-energy business show that features compelling conversations and cutting-edge business content that you can use to improve your performance today. Hosted by Kelly Riggs and presented by the Business Locker Room, Biz Locker Radio features dynamic thought leaders from sales, marketing, leadership, business strategy, social media, and more. If you're in business, you need an edge. Develop that edge with Biz Locker Radio. Tune in every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, and 3 p.m. Central on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information, visit bizlockerradio.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking about the elevator pitch, how to make it more effective, and really connect with the people that you want to connect with, whether you're at a networking event, a professional conference, or maybe even at your kids' soccer games. If you really want to make a connection with folks, it's knowing what you want to say to those frequently asked questions, knowing what questions you want to ask, and then really being present, focusing on the other people, listening, and being that person who stands out in the crowd because they make it easy to connect. They're, they're there to learn about other people. They're there with good intentions. And I think one of the worst networking experiences I ever had that I'll share with you, I went to, a, it was a chamber event and an individual in financial sales came up to me and Everybody's different. Everybody does their own thing. And so not necessarily that they were in financial sales, but they were. And he came up to me and um, we said, hello, perhaps, maybe exchanged names. And then he, this most slimy request ever, said, well, what can I do for you? And it was the intent behind it that made it not work right the question itself great what can I do for you but one we we hadn't even met how would I know what he could do for me except for that he was a financial salesperson so that's the only thing I could imagine he's asking about and it just had that used sales used car salesman drip to it where it wasn't authentic it wasn't that he really wanted to know what he could do for me, right? It, 
he would want to get to know me a little bit more before he asked that question if he really wanted to know. And so it just, it, it didn't work. And so here's what I would suggest when you go to an event and you're meeting someone new especially, but even if you're meeting someone that you've met once or twice before, start at the beginning. And Laura Lobovich, who we were talking about before, she talks about a five-year-old smile, went to a presentation before where the lady talked about three seconds of courage, so I put them together. Three seconds of courage and a five-year-old smile. So it's going to take you three seconds of courage to walk up to someone new or maybe someone, again, you've met once or twice before, but you don't really remember that well. Put out your hand, and with a five-year-old confident I mean, five-year-olds aren't worried what you think about them, right? That's why it's so perfect to think about it that way. That genuine, awesome-to-meet-you smile. Stick out your hand or whatever is culturally appropriate and say, Hi, my name is Marie, Marie Zeminoff. And Laura calls it the Forrest Gump rule, right? Forrest, Forrest Gump. You repeat your first name twice so that people have an opportunity to really hear it. If you're meeting them for the first time, they'll tell you their name, right? If they don't ask, if they have a name tag on, look at it. Don't glance at it. Don't act sheepish. That's why they have a name tag on. Look at it. Hi, my name is Marie, Marie Zeminoff. It's so nice to meet you, Jennifer. And then you've got names, right? This is the old airport or airplane thing where you talk to someone on an airplane for two hours while you're flying from A to B and you never get their name. You don't have a connection, right? Get people's names. When you start a conversation with them, that's the first thing you want to do. One, it breaks the ice. Two, everybody knows what their name is, right? So it gives everyone an opportunity to break the ice, talk, say something they know. Simple. Introduce yourself. Say your name. Say it twice. Get their name. And then use it. Jennifer, it's so wonderful to, to meet you. Pause. Think about it. Process it. Do whatever it is. If you didn't catch the pronunciation, ask. Oh, how do you pronounce that again? It's okay. That is so much better than seeing them again 10 minutes later, saying it wrong, not remembering it, whatever it is. Names matter. And this is one of those things that someone said to me once that was maybe a little bit harsh, but it's true. That if you don't remember someone's name, you didn't even consider them important enough to remember their name, right? It's rude. And it's going to happen. So ask. Oh, hi, I remember that we met last week here at the chamber. Remind me of your name? Don't pretend you know it. Because then someone's going to walk up that you don't want to introduce them to and you don't know their name. Ask. It's okay. First things first. Three seconds of courage, five-year-old smile, walk up, introduce yourself, say your name, get their name. 
then you can do all kinds of things, right? You can introduce them to someone. Awesome. You can introduce them to someone you don't even know, right? Someone walks up, they introduce your, you do the introduction with them, and you say, hi, George, meet Jennifer. Great. Look at you, be in the connector. And that's, that's this great place to be. So start simple. Ask their name, say your name, introduce yourself. Remember their name. And then, as we've talked about earlier today, don't be a smart aleck, right? If they ask what you do, if they ask how you're doing, especially at the beginning of a conversation when you first met someone, give those socially appropriate answers. Remember, those people are throwing out the olive branch. They're trying to get something started. We want to honor that. And we want to do our part to ask questions you know, is this their first time at the event? Whatever it might be that you've decided is a great question to help break that ice. Don't go too deep too fast, right? What do you do, you know, what do you do on the weekends? Or some of those things can be appropriate, but maybe not towards the beginning of a conversation. So think about those things. Follow your social cues, but really just start simple. Three seconds of courage, five-year-old smile. It's so great to meet you. Say your name, say it twice, say their name. And good luck with your networking. If you have any questions or insights, I'm always here at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. And look forward to seeing you right here on Mondays at 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern for 2016 and helping you take care and take charge of your career. We'll see you right back here next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 